0: Hi, and welcome to Therapy Get You Some, where we talk about all things therapy, normalize mental health, and promote healing for Black people. I'm your host, Candice Serapu, a licensed clinical social worker and Black therapist. Through conversations and revealing insider secrets, we hope to demystify therapy so that you feel comfortable going to get you some. Welcome to today's episode of Therapy Get You Some. Today's a little bit different. We're mixing it up because there's no special guest. It's just me. Uh, Before we get started, if you have not listened to the past episodes, they're still there. Please subscribe, listen, like, share. If there's anything you want me to talk about on this podcast, please email me at therapygys at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram therapy gys so before we get really started into the topic I want to tell y'all a story so I've been doing therapy for a long time and there are some clients who just you never forget so there was this client and I'm not going to give any identifying information because that part is very important I I believe in client confidentiality and protecting clients uh, rights to their confidentiality but this story was just so funny that I had to share I, had an, I have an office, and in my office, it's a chair, pretty much like I'm sitting in, you know, furniture, and chairs for the client. So the client comes in, a new client, and they say, where is the couch? I said, I don't have a couch in my office, you know, have a seat. They looked at me very confused, uh, almost refused to sit and say, no, 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 seriously. What hypotherapist are you? you don't have a couch, that kind of took me aback. One, because I was like, what made you think there was a couch in this office? Two, where did you get the idea that all therapists have couches? So there is no couch in my office, a couch is unnecessary. I jokingly would say like, if you wanna lie down, do it at home before you come. There is no couch in my office. And so today we're just gonna talk about me, who I am, how I am, and me as a therapist. So, like I said, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've been uh, working in this profession, probably in every part of this profession. I have worked in the medical, I have worked in mental health, I've worked in domestic violence on both sides. So I've worked with uh, domestic violence uh, survivors, and I've also worked with domestic violence offenders. I've worked in substance abuse. I don't want to keep going on and on, because my bio is one of those things that when I start to hear it, Imposter syndrome shows up. I get a little bit like, wait, I did do all of that, but it feels very, very uncomfortable for me to hear my own bio. So I'm not going to read my bio to you today, um, but I'll tell you something that's not on my bio. I think it's only fair. I ask all my guests for something that's not on their bio. It's only fair I tell you something not on my bio. There's a couple of things as I'm thinking of that question that would not make it to my bio, but are essential to who I am. One, My favorite color is purple. Probably not gonna make it to my bio, but any room that I'm in, there's always gonna be purple in it. I don't normally wear purple, but I love purple. Uh, It's the sign of royalty. The color purple represents so much for me. And if you've read the book, then you really can understand why I love the color purple. Um, So purple is always gonna be there. I think I am one, I won't say I am the, because I know the biggest Prince fan um, but I am one of Prince's biggest fans, so that won't make it to the bio. But sometimes, you know, Prince just gets slipped into conversations. Uh, his songs are so um, timeless that there's often lyrics that I can quote in therapy sessions. So every now and again, you'll get a Prince song from you. Um The other thing that I think that would not, not make it to my bio, but it's pretty, pretty significant, is I love soap operas. In reality television. I know um, sometimes that people, you know, judge people who love soap operas and reality television. Feel free to judge me. I absolutely love soap operas and reality television. I probably am the lone watcher of most of those soaps and the reason that they're still on television. I record them if I'm going to be out of town. I catch up. Um, And and for me, it's I know most people are like, well, why do you still watch that show? For me, it's such it's rooted in a connection to my grandmother as a child. And, you know, I grew up in New Orleans. That's another big thing that's always going to be on my bio. But I grew up in New Orleans and like most people in New Orleans, family is very, very, very important. And we spend lots of time with our grandmother. And so I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. And every day at 11 a.m., Young and the Restless came on and we watched it together. As I grew up and we no longer live, you know, visited the same houses often, I still watch Young and the Restless and we'll call and say, hey mama, did you see what Victor did today? Or did, you know, what's going on with Ashley? So even after she passed, I still watch Young and the Restless. I still, and it makes me feel connected to her in some way. And so um, that is something that I'm probably never gonna give up, Um, but I love, 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 love reality television. And so I thought those are the things that will not make it to my bio. But if you come to see me as a therapist, eventually you'll find those things out Um, because those things some kind of way will say, hey, that reminds me of that time that Victoria had that issue with her brother and this is what they did. You know, so we may talk about a show or we will often bring up, you know, reality television has so many themes and topics that you can talk about in a therapy session it's endless. So there's oftentimes when it's it's just makes sense for us to talk about that reality television show as it relates to your therapeutic issue, um, because it helps to externalize it. It helps to take that issue where when you see it from the outside, it makes sense that, oh, wait, we can judge that person's problem because they put it out there for all of us to see. Um, And we can talk about it without personalizing it. And then you may, as a person, see yourself in the story. And make changes. And so those are the things about me that would not make it to my bio. Um, Most of them, I say proudly, like when I say I love reality television, I don't have any shame about it. I know some people would, again, judge me and say, you watch reality television. Um, Yes. Yes. Every week. And if I miss it, I'm going to play it on my DVR. What type of therapist am I? And so the word eclectic is always the word I use as therapist. And so um, when I talk about an eclectic therapist, an eclectic therapist is a therapist who understands multiple therapeutic techniques and modalities, and they blend them together uh, to do the art of therapy. When I first started as an eclectic therapist, sometimes I didn't get it right, but I know now exactly what I'm doing. So, and that's one of the things I always talk to younger therapists about. If you're gonna be eclectic therapist, you need to know all the therapy forms that you're using in their pure form so that you can then implement them in a way that makes sense, so that it's not that you're just throwing things at a client, you know hey let's take a little bit of this from the. Uh, dialectical behavior therapy model, a little bit of this from the cognitive behavior therapy model let's see what happens so i'm not throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks, I have evidence, based on my 20 plus years of practice of what actually works and what fits together. And so I have a foundational model that I use and then I can build from that. I'm also a very transparent person. Anybody who knows me knows that if my mouth doesn't say it, my face is going to say it. And so in therapy, I'm going to tell you everything. There's nothing there's going to be no secrets. Uh, client centered, person centered. That's another therapeutic It's approach that I have. Meaning that when you come to me as a client, you are an expert in your own life. I don't pretend that I know anything about your life. I don't pretend that I know what's best for you because I don't. So I have my area of expertise, which is behavior change. It's certain modalities of therapy. And then you have your expertise, which is yourself and what you need and what you want and where you're trying to go. And together we work together to move forward and and helping you reach your goals. That's another reason there's no couch in my office. And so for anybody who has watched enough television, you know that the the therapist sits in the chair. Again, nice leather chair like this. Um, The client lies on the couch. Right there, that shows an imbalance of power. The therapist is the expert, the client is the needy person who needs help. That is a different type of therapeutic approach than I use. Person-centered, we sit across from each other as equals, as collaborative partners. And so, as a person centered therapist who has a foundational uh, modality of cognitive behavioral therapy, which just means the connection between your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors, then I can uh, implement other modalities that I know will help, again, based on my experience as a therapist. So that's the type of therapist I am. But then I'm, there's just Candice the person. So Candice the person is always gonna show up in the professional sense as a therapist. But Candice the person is sarcastic, tries to be funny, but oftentimes it's more of a dad joke than an actual haha like I'm not, you know, comedy stage funny. Um Candice the person is tries to, again tries to be witty, uh introspective, often I am an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert, I don't know which way to go with that. So i love people and i love the thoughts of people but i'm not necessarily completely um a people what you would call a people person meaning that i'm not like the person who's talking to i don't work the room or any of that so um you get a person who's able to listen you get a person who is able to connect really easily um but is definitely reserved in some ways and in other ways I am much more like, again, open book and I I come with an open heart, but I'm not not necessarily um, as open as you might think so that's kind of my style now if you came to a session like just what would the experience be like. The very first session obviously um, you're the client and you come with a lot of um, unknowns like you have no idea what's going to happen, even if you've been to therapy before you don't know what's going to happen in my office, and so the very first session, I try to put you at ease. I try to take the reins as far as not trying to be the expert in your life but trying to let you know that you are comfortable here i avoid using the word safe space and and i'm very intentional about avoiding using the word safe space i avoid using safe space because i don't want to put in the atmosphere that there's a possibility the space would not be safe um I, i would love it if the world was safe and so i try not to say hey this is a safe space because then that brings into the the atmosphere that there are spaces that are not safe. We are well aware that there are spaces that are not safe and I don't have to bring that in. Um, So the very first session, when you come in, it is just like this, like a conversation. I talk to you a, a little bit, probably more than you talk to me on the first one and then it completely flips. But the first time is a lot of what I call housekeeping. It's the paperwork of coming to a therapist It is the setting the groundwork. So I talk to you about who I am as a therapist. I tell you the different techniques that I use. Homework is a part of my therapy because I'm grounded in cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's part of cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, So as a therapist, the experience you get the first time is I try to let you become comfortable. I try to um, make it a place where you feel comfortable sharing. Um, I do ask a lot of questions because the very first session is what we call a psychosocial assessment. And in a psychosocial assessment, I'm trying to get the information necessary to fully understand as best I can in one session, what is the best direction to help you. I don't try to make you tell me everything at once, because I believe that a relationship like a therapeutic relationship is like any other relationship. Um, it takes time to develop. So on the very first session, if there is something you're not comfortable talking to me about. I'm not going to push. I'm like, OK, I understand why you wouldn't want to talk about that. Let's move on. Um, and we can keep going as far as just trying to get to know each other. Um, that is the space where I try to give you my full self straight. From the beginning, because I think that just makes therapy a lot easier if I come in completely open and completely just. Honest with you and able to and showing you empathy, it does set the stage for a better therapeutic relationship so that first session is a lot of me showing myself I kind of show my hand I tell you what's going on, I tell you what's going to happen next. Um, I set the stage for how therapy sessions go most of my clients had never had therapy before, and so for them that helps kind of alleviate any type of feelings of anxiety that they may have had because they um you know you don't know what's gonna happen in a therapy session some people are scared that they're gonna have to come in and tell everything it's one hour so realistically can't you can't uh give me your whole life story so that's what the first session is like um there's some different nuances especially you know like i don't want to get into that on this podcast as far as like if you're using insurance, if you're not using insurance, there's some nuances that I won't talk about. But the first session, generally we laugh because I think laughter is important. I've said this before. Laughter is kind of one of the best tools we have, especially if you've experienced any kind of trauma. Laughing at your pain helps you to really, really deal with your pain. So I try to make sure that We laugh as much as possible. Now, inappropriate laughter is a lot different than laughter. So, not inappropriate laughter, not laughing at trauma experiences, just genuine laughter. Uh, That same kind of like, tell me something that is not on your bio. I would do that in the therapy. Like, tell me something that you know is important for me to know that makes you you, but probably won't. I won't get to it on my list of questions. Uh, it's very conversational. So for me as a therapist, I know what questions I need to ask to get the information that's required. I don't bring in any paper. I take a little bit of notes. I'm I'm saying I don't bring any paper. I do. I bring in a piece of paper, but it's blank paper. It's like computer paper. I don't bring it in a computer. I don't take your actual notes. I write rough notes. I let you see those notes. I tell you what I'm going to do with those notes. Those notes will be shredded as soon as I write your official note. Um, But, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, so I can't memorize everything you say. So anything that I feel like is super important, I'll write a little rough note about that. Um, We start off with the, you know, why are you here? We talk, we summarize why you're here to make sure I really understand why you're here we set some like very general goals. So it's not this big, like we're gonna, you know, tackle the world type goals, but just we kind of get an agreement on whether or not we're gonna work together, whether or not I'm a good fit for you, whether or not you think, you know, this is going to work out for you. The whole power is always in your hands. Um, You know, I always say you can fire me at any time, just the same way you hired me. So that's basically how the therapy sessions go with me. Um, usually people want to come back, I, you know, again, but I'm not for everybody. And I say that on purpose because sometimes people will go to a therapist. They know that therapist isn't for them based on that first interaction, but they go back. And, you know, like I said, I try to be humorous. Everybody doesn't find me funny. Um, sometimes dad jokes just fall flat. I'm cool with that. I'm going to still make another one. Even if you say, Hey, listen, I don't want any humor. Don't be funny. I need straight up serious therapists. Probably not for you. It's not going to work. Even when I try not to, it's not going to work. Um, if you need a therapist who is going to um, do textbook, meaning they're not going to put the, the flare on it, like I want you to move like the manual, I'm not for you. All right. So I said my foundation is cognitive behavior therapy, but it is a combination of multiple therapies that I would use. And I would tell you, again, every time I would say, hey, I'm taking this portion from this therapy. I always tell my clients, you can Google it. Uh, I didn't make it up. The day that I make up and invent my own therapy, I probably won't be doing therapy anymore, right? So, you know, all of the stuff that I do is always evidence-informed, but it is definitely, definitely, definitely a combination of multiple different therapies that I know work based on my experience. So if you're saying I need a purist, I need a psychoanalytic therapist, that is not me. The psychoanalytic therapy is what they call old school therapy, like a person who is gonna quote Freud. That's not gonna happen in my sessions. Um, And that's totally opposite of the alignment of my session because a person saying a therapist doesn't take the paternalism of therapy, like I'm not over you. So um, if you're looking for somebody to tell you what to do, not me. Now I give advice from time to time. And that's one of the things I always say, as therapists, we don't give advice. And then that's not true. So there's never, there's always a exception to any rule. One of the things I will tell you is when I give you advice, I like, you know, neon sign, hey, this is advice. Um, and I always say, you know, like all pieces of advice, you can leave it right where I dropped it. Um, And sometimes that's just the, the. I have this information, you know, maybe I saw something that, hey, there's this program that exists and you might benefit from it, but I'm never gonna push that advice. And like, this is what you need to do. I might say, hey, did you know that they have a scholarship program for uh, lash texts? And I hear you keep talking about, you really would love to learn how to do lashes. There's this scholarship that exists. I would give you that advice solely because that's information that would be helpful. But I'm not gonna tell you, and th- you need to apply. I'm not gonna, you know, make you do it. And if you don't do it, then that's fine, also, too. Um, so that's basically me in a nutshell. Uh, back to why there's no couch in my office. The other reason there's no couch in my office, and this is just shh between me and you, my office is an eight by eight. All right. So when I first got my office, I wanted to put as many treatment rooms as I could into it. And so in a thousand square foot office. I have six treatment rooms. To have six treatment rooms in a thousand square feet, I had to build these offices pretty compact. So if I put a couch in there, it would be a fire hazard. That's the other reason there's no couch in my office. Um, I have to go along with the fire code. So um, that's basically it. So the takeaway from all of this is, the type of therapist I am, person-centered, Cognitive behavior, behavior is my foundation, but the word eclectic, right? And so I'm gonna do a future podcast episode about how to interview a therapist and how to find the one that's the right fit for you. But this is just a foundational, it's like some of the words you heard me say, you can look up, you can Google, I didn't make anything up. Um, but this is just a foundational episode of who am I? Um, if you ha- if I, you haven't picked up on the accent, I am New Orleans. Um, so that's a huge, huge, huge part. But like I said, that would make it to my bio. Um, so that is it for today. If you have any questions or any reason you want to contact me, again, therapyGYS at gmail.com. Or you can at me on Instagram at therapyGYS. And you can listen to this podcast, wherever podcast or um, you listen to them at. Please subscribe. It's the little plus button. At the top, usually in the left corner. That way, you don't have to wait to find out when the next episode. It'll automatically alert you. Also, the YouTube page Therapy G Y S Therapy dot 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 get you some. Go and subscribe to the YouTube page. That's if you just want to see what everything looks like. Um, this was so great talking to you guys today, and I will see you soon.